0: Welcome back to the Opinionated Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Crouch, and today I'm joined by one of my closest friends, Shandon.
1: Yeah, it's me. Hi guys. I'm Shandon.
0: Well, welcome to the podcast. I I expect, well, I expect all of my guests to be reoccurring, but uh oh, glad you could be finally make it. Oh long yeah, as yeah, you'll have
1: me. I have plenty uh, to say. I'm just not the best talker, though I uh I definitely do try at times.
0: Uh I've I constantly lose sleep because I have so many ideas uh for the podcast. We'll we'll get to those in later episodes. Um but for right now, uh today's topic is going to be childhood experiences. I feel <laughs> like I may have a lot more to talk about, um, due to a lot of things that happened in my life, but then again, I don't know much about you. So no, I guess that's, that's, that's just
1: that's kinda why I wanted to I that's kinda why I wanted to choose this in the first place is because there really is a lot that you don't know about me. And I hope that this is entertaining for the viewers, but I hope mostly that it's entertaining for you because, you know, you're a good friend of mine and we've known each other for a few years. So, you know, why not go ahead and let you know a few things about myself and also, you know, (laughs) give you an episode for your podcast. So, yeah, exactly. Figured we'd do a two in one, right? Might as well. Who's to start first then? What should we talk about? What do you want to know?
0: I I would I would rather you start first cuz you know guest goes first cuz I I have a lot to talk about.
1: Okay. Well, I actually kind of wanted to start by asking you a uh, a few questions really because I'm really interested to know a lot about you. Really. Uh, I mean, okay. kind of going through high school and everything like that, there's always been, you know, I kind of got the whole situation with you and your parents and your guardians, you know, your grandma and grandpa and all that sort of stuff, right? So, like, really right now, I want to ask you, how is your relationship with your mom and the rest of your family doing right now, other than just your guardians, like your grandma and grandpa that you stay with? Like, uh, has everything been going good? And Recently, yes, it has been going very
0: well. Um, my mom has moved in with an older uh, an older couple and uh and conway and oh, that's really cool like they don't they don't smoke they don't drink they'll do any of that and that's so she yeah she's in like a, a very good environment she did have a, a medical situation that happened uh, a little bit ago but she's all right but yeah she ever since she moved there i've visited her visited her a couple times and uh, i've seen she's that been really-
1: I've seen that actually. I know it's a little bit weird, but you know, I, I basically work on almost all social media platforms, but spa but Facebook specifically, right? Oh yeah. A long I'm time up, ago I'm you mine. created an account on there, right? And uh, Facebook has that way of saying like if you get tagged in something or whatever, then it shows up for your other friends as as well as long as you like have that shown, right? So your mom will eventually post some things on there being like chilling with my son and she'll post a whole bunch of pictures of you and her with a silly filter on or something like that. And I'm like, this is the most wholesome thing ever, but it's so silly at the same time. Yeah. But she, it ma- she, it yeah. makes me happy to see those sort of things because I'm really glad that you are actually getting a connection with your mother. Even if it's the silly things, you know, it's like you start to take those things to heart.
0: Yeah, she she absolutely loves doing those things when we just get together uh, just because she just wants to capture the moment and just save it. And, so that's, can...
1: and that's what I feel a good parent should do as well. She should really be focusing on you and trying to create memories with you because one of the things that's kind of inevitable is knowing that, well, for the most part, that your parents are going to be the ones who leave you at some point. And being able to... Create as many memories as possible where you're able to look back fondly on somebody like that. Somebody who's so important in your existence, responsible for your existence in the first place, I feel like is really yeah. important and should be something that every parent strives for. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um well, kind of kind of a side note, um my my dad recommended me last night um uh, Eddie Van Halen's son, who he wrote a, yeah, 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 a you, song called I Distance. Yeah, and uh, I watched the video. My dad recommended it to me, and it's just it's just clips of Eddie Van Halen with his son, like very young. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it was a voicemail from Eddie Van Halen's dad. And uh, oh man, I might actually tear up because the Eddie Van Halen was like, "Hey, I just wanted to give you give you a call and hear your voice." And my my dad does that every single time. And it, it hit home.
1: It's kind of like, one of those things where it's like even though even though th- your your world might be completely different at the same time, that bond that you share yeah. between child and parent, it's one of those things that – it it's something that a lot of people get to experience, but there's a lot of others who don't. And when it's there, it's one of the things that you just never want to leave. <laughs> I get that. One of the things that kind of sucks though is back then when I was a lot younger, I really – I didn't appreciate a lot of the parental connections that I had with my parents because my parents have always tried to be really down to earth understanding. And one of the most important things kind of growing up was hearing that my dad always said like, you know, I'm always going to be your dad, but more importantly, I'm always going to be your best friend too. Right. Yeah. Little things like that. I mean, even to today, I mean, a silly, a silly example is that like, yeah, he's my dad. Right. But, me and him, we play Sea of Thieves <laughs> pretty much like, mm-hmm. you know, every time that we get the chance, you know, we hang out and we talk about things that we both enjoy, you know, and there's a lot of people who don't really appreciate those sort of things. Even though we talk about child experiences and stuff, something like that, you know, you're, you're always a child to your parent. You may be an adult. Oh, yeah. You may be freaking having kids of your own or whatever, but it's like, to them, you're always the child. And so it's like, I... It's kind of weird because we can narrow down and say when we say childhood, we can think like you know before before we graduated high school or anything like that, but in my my opinion it's really it's really forever as long as your parents exist, that's your childhood because you will always be that to them
0: yeah i I completely agree with that um my my childhood, I felt like ended or at least paused for a while when my parents got divorced uh just the whole 2009 to 2012 was like a blur to me right now like so much happened in between those years that i just can't recall everything that happened because it happened just so fast right and so those childhood experiences that were like me going into my preteen years um a lot of it just didn't happen because so much drama was happening within the family
1: right it's kind of like there wasn't a lot of you going on it was more of everybody else so your childhood revolves around them instead
0: yeah exactly It's because just everything I still don't know the full details between everything because it's it's just been hidden from me Uh, well not hidden but just I don't know it's it's a little bit of everything Um, I kind of want to know but I kind of don't want to know just because there's so much behind it,
1: I understand, but I can't relate at the same time because I, my parent I'm lucky enough to have parents who never divorce. But you know, I know that there's tons of people who do, and I know it's like, especially, especially when you're a lot younger and that ends up happening, it, it's, it's life changing to on to people on the outside. But when you're a child that young, sometimes it just, it just isn't because it, just, it yeah. can happen so fast and it just becomes the norm so fast.
0: And I feel my my life has definitely changed because of it, but I feel like I got the upper hand in the sense that it hasn't like destroyed me.
1: I guess you could say. Yeah, no, I understand because I I knew this one kid when I was growing up. His name was uh, well, I'll just say Colby. I don't want to give away his last name and or anything, but this kid I knew, I knew him very well, you know, and he was he was con- I considered him to be my best friend at one point, um, but I mean, the kid was troubled. And but he was really fun to talk to and everything, but like he had so much emotional baggage from his parents being like split up and divorced and all that sort of stuff because, um, his mom his mom wasn't into drugs and everything like that, and he loved his mom to death, you know, and his dad loved yeah. him to death, and that kind of sucks because his dad his dad got custody of him, right? In in the mm. in the long run of things, but the kid never really appreciated his dad he never really understood like where his dad was coming from or why he loved him so much i mean it kind of sounds weird but and it's not to talk down on this kid but he would sit he would sit at home or he'd get off school and he'd go straight to his xbox like have his dad bring him mountain dew powdered donuts literally every day right wow and his dad would do anything for him It would be like 8 o'clock at night, and and Kobe would say to his dad, like, Dad, can you run to Waffle House real quick and get me a waffle with chocolate chip cookies? And his dad would. Stuff like that. But he would always – any time that somebody brought up their family, their mother, or anything like that, he would always burst into tears because he was never really able to relate to that because his mom left so like at a at a pivotal point in his in his life you know when he was just growing up like around like i would say seven to eight or something like that for him and so like he you know you grow up for most of your your preteen part and then right as you're starting to become a teenager right as the world starts making sense to you they're just gone for reasons that you don't fully comprehends like you know like for his case he knew that drugs were bad and stuff like that but like he wanted his mom and and that was that was really tough to see because it was like he he's he's one of the people who went through and had a divorce destroy him i mean completely he was not functioning to the point if i ever wanted to talk about my family i knew that i was going to make the dude completely break down you know and it was like every other day he he just he just couldn't function because he just wanted a family again, and outside of that, it was like yeah. playing video games and, and eating food was the only fix that he could get, aside from you know just talking to people.
0: Yeah, um, I think the reason I didn't that didn't happen to me was because my grandparents took custody of me, and they're they're great, they're amazing. Right. I'm I'm glad they did what they did. Otherwise, I don't know where I would be today. Yeah. But and then I also had friends who I just made along the way, just to help me out, including you. Like I, have always felt like I had somebody I could talk to, and that's and not just shut myself. That's out.
1: probably one of the most important parts too, because, and 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 this is a little bit disconnected, but in a similar sense, it makes sense, right? It's like if you don't really have a way to express yourself, you keep all of it bottled up, right? Me and my anger. Right. I have never really expressed my anger in the ways that I wanted to. There's been times, especially back when I was in high school, where my my anger would get the best of me, but I never let it completely control me. Right. I've never really let out my anger before. Not not as much as I've had. I've never I've never been in a fight with anybody. I've never done the extreme things like punching holes in wall or just punching anything in general. I've never done anything like that. But dear God, if I really wanted to. And even looking back and trying to tie things together, like having somebody to talk to and being able to let out what you feel, it makes such a big difference in everything. Oh, yeah. So I see where you're coming from. Completely different.
0: That's kind of why I got into psychology. That was one of the reasons. Just I, I wanted to be uh, I guess I want to be a therapist, maybe. Um, but I wanted to be that person that people could rely on.
1: Right. I and mean, there was a there was a just... point where I really wanted to do that too. But you know, there is also lazy me who just doesn't want to read a single thing. And psychology requires too much reading for me. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> too much reading, too much writing. I like writing, but not to that extent. So, but I mean. I'm I mean, if, it, if it's
0: an interesting case, if it's just a simple, bland, boring case, then yeah, I can see that. But right. most most um, cases have their own like eccentric twist or specific thing about them that make
1: them unique. Right. And even then, even with boring cases, it's not like there's ever a case that's really the same. The other question that I have for you is, I mean, since how – looking back on things now, like – do you feel like you had a good childhood? Like Oh yeah,
0: like definitely. growing up and everything um, like
1: that, going through high school and all that, because like I I really do consider childhood to me, you know. Like sure we were talking about that you're always a child to like your parents, but childhood to me is all the way up until eighteen. Because at that point, you're officially labeled an adult. You might be a teenager at that point, but you're still a teenager when you're officially an adult. So to 18, do you really feel like you had a good one? Do you feel like there was a a lot of good things that you could say made impacts on you? Or do you feel like there are just some parts that you wish were different?
0: Well, I mean there's there's always the case of always wanting to see – Like, what if this happened? What if my parents never got divorced? What if I never moved in with my grandparents? But what happened in reality, I moved in with my grandparents. and I think that definitely was the best thing for me. In between those years, I said that my childhood just kind of paused and everything was just a blur. Uh, 2009, 2012, that was before I moved in with my grandparents. So I just didn't – like, my parents were – from what I remember, my parents were just gone, and I, I would only have my uh, grandpa on my dad's side mm-hmm. there. And I would always call around and ask where they were, and then all of a sudden, my grandparents call me one day. And they're like, well, your parents are in – I think it was like your parents are in jail or your dad's in jail, so we're coming to get wow. you.
1: That's kind of answered. blunt.
0: <laughs> yeah, it literally was and so it like i thought i was just going there for the weekend because i was a kid and i was like okay i you know i knew what jail was but i didn't
1: you know right
0: no you had to stay there forever you
1: weren't able Um, to conceptualize the whole part of it you just didn't know yeah
0: no so literally all i had were the clothes on my back and my xbox 360 (laughs) that's all right that's literally all i had and so my my grandparents took me in and bought me all new clothes just all new everything and they've they've done so much and i've always said this to people like i can never fully express how much my grandparents mean to me like yeah we've have have our ups and downs like everybody but there's just not enough words to express how much i absolutely adore them and love them and appreciate them for everything they've done for me right so they they definitely influenced my childhood to have a better childhood, going to better schools, better areas,
1: right, and I kind of get that with mine too, even it's like one of the things that bothers me looking at children nowadays or just well, yeah, children nowadays and even into the future, anything like that it's people who don't really grasp an appreciation for like true, loving, and caring guardians parents, whoever the hell is there for you. Family, right? People who just kind of put that stuff off to the side and say that it's not really a big deal. It really gets to me a lot because, you know, I feel with parents, they're always meant to guide and mentor you, right? They're meant they're meant to be yeah. the the foundation for you to build yourself on. And ultimately, who you become as a person is, is ultimately up to you. But that doesn't mean that you can just shrug off the help and the fact that people are literally trying to get you to be a person in the first place. You know, people who kind of put that stuff off to the side really bug me because my parents, I love them to death, right? And especially now with the situation that we have where, you know, we have an adopted and we have an adopted kid staying with us who, you know, gets in all this sorts of trouble. And even not too long ago was even like screaming and yelling at my parents saying that they don't love him. When like I look at them and I look at their perspective and his perspective and I can just tell you that he's wrong. Like there was a point where I lost my temper even during that conversation because he was yelling and I was like I think I I think I kinda bowed up on him and I'm like, You will not talk to my parents like that. You have no idea what they go through just to even have you here in the first place like we didn't do this for like selfish gains because there's nothing to gain from this for us you know it's because we care about you and all that sort of stuff and it's like that alone is reason enough for me to respect my parents and for the fact that my parents want them what's best for me you know i don't have parents who neglect me and i consider myself to be extremely lucky i don't know it's just there's no way that i can never not appreciate them and i and i've really tried i mean there's even a few times i recall where like i tell my dad you know because i i not know growing up i was a pain in the ass at times you know going through puberty you know the the awkward moments where if my dad said something like i love you i'd be like "Uh, uh, i'm not gonna say that (laughs) that feels kind of weird but you know for me to be able to say like i love you back or just just tell him, like, Dad, you know, I really appreciate you as a father, and I'm really happy. Like, there was there was one point where I was coming home in the car with him from doing some, like, manual labor. We were having to help somebody move, and it's like, you know, he really – he did something for, for my cousin who we were helping move, and it was just really admirable in my opinion. I forget exactly what, but I remember the moment kind of, and I just remember being proud of him yeah. and, you know sitting there in a car and it's like i'm glad that he's my father because because not just the fact that he's given me a good life and all that sort of stuff but that he's a good person and that honestly he's he's my dad and he's my friend that's that's how i felt
0: when i went up to wisconsin this summer to go visit my dad for a little bit like he's finally got his life back on track and he has a good job he has a good wife and he just had everything in his life is finally good. And now that he has contact with me and my brothers consistently, he's doing better than right. he ever had. And it's that sense of proud I moved up there. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm so proud of him for doing what he has done. Like he he accepts his faults in the past. And right before I was gonna move down here, oh man, this is this hits home again. Um uh basically Long story short, I was being a little bitch and didn't want to take manual labor, so um, I wanted to come back down to Arkansas. And he he said something along the lines of, "Is this payback for what I did to you when you were a kid?" And that that right there just it hurt because you knew it. it yeah, it so much because now I know how now I know how I feel a little bit. Like I and I feel completely bad for that. We like we accepted that we were both in the wrong. But if I could go back and change everything, I probably would have stayed right. there and not been such a bitch. Like
1: that—that that is pretty rough. Because I know—I know that from where you're speaking right now, that that it's not—it's not just him being mad at you or trying to blame you or anything like that. But I feel like it's him demonstrating self-awareness, you know, and in a way, showing yeah. his vulnerability, which I think. I think is probably the worst yeah, part weird, about weird. that. You know, it's not it's not the fact it's not the fact yeah. that it makes you feel bad because you know you're taking after his bad qualities that he could consider. Right? It's the fact that he knows what happened. And
0: yeah, because like I would never ever like see him in like a, a sad or uh, sad state. Right. Really, or just that you know disappointed. He was always tough as nails, and that's why I've always but looked that up little to
1: slight and, vulnerability. And,
0: yeah, it shows him that, you know, he is a real human. He has feelings, right. you know, and like I fucked up. We both mm-hmm. fucked up. Like
1: I understand that. Um I was talking to my parents and uh we, and I was asking them if they've seen the movie Parasite yet because I just watched Bumblebee on Hulu for the first time. And it was pretty good, but I also remember seeing uh, a listing for Parasite there and uh if they wanted to go see it, yep. then, you know, now would be a good time while I got the subscription. Um but – well, then he got to the point where we we were talking or whatever, and he said, you know, Japanese people don't really – they're filming <laughs> – they don't really make, um, like, dirty, gritty movies or anything. It's mostly just kind of, you know, soft-hearted, stuff like that, whatever, uh, right? N- nothing nothing really vulgar in a right. sense, right? But Parasite was. And uh, And then somehow they started, like – or no, I said <laughs> – I started talking about the IP Man or whatever, or the IP Man, whatever it's called, right? And I oh, was yeah, like yeah. saying that I got like a preview of uh, IP Man Four or something on Netflix, and it looked so bad. It looked like the type of quality that like you'd see from like uh, like a a a sex ed counseling video or something like that. You know that kind of acting, right? Oh. And uh, right. and then they started talking about like. Oh, we didn't learn sex ed back then. We didn't have that. And then my mom was like, I learned it on the streets. And my dad said, I learned it in the sheets. <laughs> and uh, and then I just told him, I said, you know, there's some things that you just don't need to tell me. Par- parasite's good. Yeah, parasite yeah in summary, parasite good. Um, parents talking about learning sex is not good. <laughs>
0: Anyways. Actually, speaking of that, I never actually had the talk. I kind of find,
1: found um, out about myself um i i wish i could say the same i kind of got the talk but i didn't really realize i was getting the talk <laughs> at one point yeah no. so like I, I was a i was an adventurous little teenager or not i wasn't even a teenager at that point i think well was i <laughs> yeah not really i was a preteen <laughs> at this point right but i found out i found out what um what sex was from toll drama island i know it sounds stupid Right. But um, oh, wow. Total Drama Island, that cartoon on Cartoon Network, the first season, there was a there was an incident, I think, where like one of the girls was like water skiing or something like that. And I think their top came off or something. And then they said the word boobs and they were censored and stuff. And I was like, why? And so I looked up boobs and it kind of went as a downhill. from uh, there, God. Right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> anyways, in summary. Um, I didn't know it was wrong to look at it like my parents didn't know this but like I was literally looking at boobs while like they were in the same room as me my mom and dad had uh, computers facing like uh, in opposite directions one one against one wall one against the other and um, I'd be looking at it while my mom was on hers she didn't know at all and so I thought it was completely normal (laughs) because I just leave it there right Oh, and um yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I had a my parents were gone for about a week or something like that, and I had a babysitter who came up from like Florida, which was one of their close friends, and um, and and I was just looking at boobs like I normally do like i normally did and i got (laughs) and i got busted by her and like i like i didn't know that it was wrong but at the same time like i felt like it was and then like she was like Shannon, what are you doing and my parents like basically (laughs) found out and stuff because obviously it's not like she's not gonna tell them or whatever and uh and my parents just like made fun of me for it because they knew that i knew and that sort of stuff and they were just (laughs) like they were, like, you know, talking about boobs and respecting women and stuff like that or whatever. And it was just uh, – it was all downhill from there. I remember, like, one of the instances that happened afterwards is, like, we ended up going swimming because it was around summertime. And, like, it felt like every other comment that they made were talking about, like, their boobs or something like that. And I just didn't even want to be there <laughs> at all. I felt I felt like such a disconnect yeah. because they were just trying to embarrass me for fun and stuff. But – Whew. Yeah. That was it was
0: tough. Those embarrassing moments are kind of what make you you know. I mean you you look back at them and they, they were embarrassing.
1: I mean like, their memories, but, you know, they're memories for sure, definitely, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um but I mean this is actually kind of something that ties this ties into my childhood and something that I I kind of feel like it kind of started Uh, something with me back then i mean i've like since i i was basically about like 10 when i found out what all this stuff was right um i i knew way earlier than a lot of people did what sex was just in general going from elementary into middle school i went to a i went to a really ghetto middle school like there's no way there's no safe way to say it and there's no way to say it with out Really telling the truth. I just wouldn't be doing it justice if I said anything but ghetto, right? And it was uh, Ridge Road Middle School, right? This place, this place was terrible. I was like one of the only white kids in there, out of like maybe, maybe like the thirty in my grade or something like that. But like I was basically like the only one in almost all of the classes that I had. It was it was pretty tough. But anyways. I remember specifically one of, uh, one of the things that really made me hate myself back then was just the fact that other kids knew about sex and other kids would openly talk about it and stuff like that. Because, you know, I, I, I feel like I was kind of like, even though I knew about it, I don't feel like we should know. We shouldn't talk about it openly. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's meant to be private for a reason. So don't even say anything about it. And, um, it, this is actually really odd and you don't know this but if you remember Kira from our uh high school she used to go to Ridge Road and she was in band class with me. Oh. Uh. And she made me hate going to school because of the fact that she sat next to me and she'd be like, you know, she'd be talking about sex and stuff like that like while we were in band and I'd be like <laughs> and and I was like one of the uh I was put into the woodwind class and the woodwind class is mm-hmm. uh, like literally I think we had about like 38 girls and then two guys and I was one of them. And uh yeah, so oh she she asked uh, some weird things, but it really made me hate myself. And plus I just hated how like everybody was rude, obnoxious, disrespectful to like teachers, themselves, their peers, all that kind of stuff, right? And uh it really put me on track yeah. to, you know, just skipping school. My mom would let me. Like I'd 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 be honest with her. I'd be like, Mom, oh, wow. I really don't want to go to school today. I just don't want to deal with everything and she'd be like, Okay. You know. She she kinda understood because she she used to get bullied back then, but like it wasn't really bullying for me. It was just I couldn't stand it. I legit couldn't. I hated it. I yeah. I hated school with a burning passion, not because of the work, not because of anything like that, but because of the people there that I had to deal with. After sixth grade, my mom just decided that she'd put me into um online school. And online school started this yeah. this weird trip for me. And this is where most of the most of my childhood happened really, because online school was really bad for me in developing my person. I became the laziest person ever. I never did any of the schoolwork that I was supposed to do. Instead I literally got on Gary's mod, uh, you know, a popular game on Steam or whatever where like you just make mods for the game and there's there's not really any objective to it. It's just you play it for fun when you get on, right? And I'd be playing yeah. it every other day, or every day. Really? I would. <laughs> so throughout all of seventh grade, I didn't do a single thing on my work. And, um, and then my teachers were like, "Hey, your son's going to fail." And my mom was like, "What?" And, uh, and yeah. basically, within like the last few weeks of school, I had to have my dad come in here, and he literally walked through seventh grade, like, in, in its entirety within a week. Basically, oh, wow, and helped me do all of my online work. We cheated like bastards. We did everything that we could to give me a passing grade. <laughs> and it worked. I passed. Um, But then I had to do the same thing for like eighth grade as well. Except I did a little uh. bit better. I maintained my grades like I was supposed to, you know, season stuff like that. I, I, you know, I, I, never really had a reason to try for A's because I never really understood like what the important was. I just, I just thought it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, try. Didn't really have to if you didn't yeah. want to. See, I don't, I don't, I didn't know you
0: did on like
1: school because like I, I, I know you talked
0: about Ridge Road. Um, side note, we, we actually knew, like I, I, I don't know if we came across each other, but there like, was a, there was a in fifth point grade, we,
1: we could have known each other.
0: Yeah, I, we may have passed by each other, but we just didn't know it. Like um, in fifth grade, I went to uh, – right after I moved in with my grandparents, I went to a school called uh, Pikeview Elementary, and long story short, they had a, uh, a uh, kickball <laughs> tournament.
1: And so we went no, to no, no, Ridge no. You Road went to Amboy uh, for like the – I don't know. If... Yeah, which is oh, where Amboy, I was originally right, right. Amboy. going over to Ridge Road.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And so – like, basically, I wasn't on the team because I didn't like playing kickball. I was just a short little kid who wasn't very athletic. Um And so, basically, I was just on the on the playground just chilling. And, like, we literally yep. could have met each other. And then years later, ninth grade, he comes to yeah, uh, Lisa my... Academy. We just make fun literally because I found out that yep. you had Team yep. Fortress 2. A PC player, How could
1: I not? Yeah. And I find that really interesting because, you know, I there's a lot of things at Lisa where I feel like there was a lot of bad there was a lot of good but for the most part you know like I'm happy I'm happy that I went there because I made a lot of friends along the way you you Justin you know everybody who's really been on the podcast and more you know are people who I hold deeply to my heart and I'm super glad that I met all those you know years ago without them you know I yeah. would probably be a nobody because truth be told, I don't really like making friends. I mean, I'll I'll keep a few friends, and that's about it. And I don't really focus on anybody else.
0: I don't I don't mind, but I'm just I'm so to myself. Like I don't really express myself right. unless I get to know you. So I'm yeah, not no, one I get putting get
1: conversation. And I mean, in a similar sense, I'm the same way. I mean, like right now, you don't really know much about my childhood. This is kind of the first part of it really coming out, really. And even then, there's still so much more yeah to um to really talk about so so i'll stay away from the high school part because i mean i know that it's it's stuff that we know yeah, Wait, yeah we lived through it, it together live. we were we were in yeah. a small school so it's not like it it was a
0: big school but it was small enough. we had only one graduating
1: class on. basically it wasn't like multiple of them put up into one ceremony no it was just what 30 something people yeah so not a yeah. not a not <laughs> a big graduating <laughs> class so I want you to go ahead and ask me something. What would you like to know about me?
0: The online schooling. Uh,
1: yeah, um, the online didn't, schooling. I didn't know about it, was, like... <laughs> it. It honestly wasn't bad, right? Like, there was nothing that was difficult about it. It was just that I was a lazy, lazy kid, right? And I kind of <laughs> always sat there and said, like, oh, well, if I end up, like, doing bad, I'm still going to pass because even idiots pass school nowadays, Right? But I literally didn't do a single thing, and uh, I wasn't learning anything. So I kind of went into high school being a dummy. But, like, the point was is, like, I didn't really do well because I had no self-motivation. And I had nobody who was pushing me. My parents were supposed to stay there and actually do help me do the schoolwork themselves, right? Because it's like the teachers would give you the material. They'd give you the lessons and all that sort of stuff. But it was ultimately up to your parents to make sure that you were comprehending what was going on, right? But my parents would be gone all day. They both had to work jobs. And at the point, like during then, we actually um, – something, something that actually really ties into this really well is that during that whole period – my father had quit his job uh, working at the North Little Rock Animal Shelter uh, because he just hated his boss. He worked there for about 10 years, and his boss was absolutely horrible, and I say that, and I wholeheartedly mean it. This is probably one of the worst guys that you could come across. Um, but he quit his job, wow. and he didn't really have anything else lined up. There was nothing available, right? My dad was ending up working at like a heat and air company making like pennies. Almost in in reality, because by the time that all the bills and stuff like that were paid and, and whatnot, there was literally nothing left. We had to def- we had to file for bankruptcy at one point because we didn't have a dime to our name. And I never oh, wow. knew my parents never let me feel that they never showed that we were, you know, poor, broke, anything like that, you know, until like recently within the past few years, it was like my parents told me. There were times where, like, we literally only had twenty five dollars to make it through the week, but I never felt it.
0: See, I didn't really know much about my financial situation. Like, my mom didn't really work; she was always a stay at home mom. And I think my dad was the one who wanted that. But I've shortly before I moved, I remember her working at the plumbing company that my dad was working Mm -hmm. at, B R McGinty. And I think she was doing a secretary uh, job, but. That didn't last very long, so I think my dad was the one who right. just kind of held the house together. I just yeah. didn't know much and about it's it. Kind of,
1: it's kind of weird because when when I really found out that that was what happened, it kind of blew me away because that's where a lot of respect for my parents came from. In a way, I I had no idea that doing something like that could be possible. You know, it was admirable in such a way. That they really they they said to me that I'm a kid, I should focus on the kid' stuff and let the adult do the the adult stuff right, even if that that means worrying about like the finances yeah. and all that sort of stuff, and even if they want to vent their frustration, they never let me know because I'm not supposed to know that's not my that's not supposed to be my world. Why have a kid worrying about you know how much money that they're spending or making their parents spend a week? when you know they don't need to know yeah i don't know it it's just part of part of the respect that i have for them is for that reason alone because that really is a big deal you know we were so close to yeah. well really if we missed out on a few payments we were done we would we would be homeless they held wow. it together and i didn't feel a damn thing
0: I I think I think that's good. That's what a parent should do. Like that's that's how I didn't know much about my parents until like probably within the five past five right. years at least more than I did, because um, they they didn't want me to worry about that. They don't want me. They wanted me to just focus on school, not worry about my well, worry about my parents because right. I you know I haven't focus heard on yourself in a while. But that. when I do, you know,
1: be be yeah exactly be absolved into your own world instead of trying to integrate yourself into theirs i get that and that's what and that's what i'm trying to say too is that i respect that entirely that's how it should be but some parents don't really comprehend that and it ruins a lot of children's lives in a way because i've known i've I've known kids
0: you say like you were like you, you, your parents were holding on by a thread, basically. So, like, was there just a chain of events that happened, Basic, was it luck,
1: or basically it was luck was it because fort- for, I mean, we really did hang on to that thread for as long as possible, and it almost it almost like disappeared at one point M- when my father quit his uh, animal shelter job. You know, he bounced around trying to do things, even went on unemployment, which is like one of the most shameful things. Have you ever seen the Cinderella Man? That movie, with Russell Crowe, you really need to watch that because there's not this one bad. scene where I feel like it kind of it kind of was was weird in a sense, but I felt like it was relatable to my father because basically um, this guy was a boxer who ended up like getting a major injury, and then the Great Depression was happening, so like he was literally making no money. They they basically were homeless at one point, right? And you know he applied for unemployment and blah blah blah, right? And he was taking out hundreds of dollars every week from unemployment but at the very end of the movie he ends up giving back the money that he made or and took from uh, unemployment in a sense my father felt like that because he hated being on unemployment he felt like it was one of the worst things to do because it's like that's not something that's not something that he needs but at the same time he does you know it it's one of those things where it's like you're you're admitting your own self-defeat in a way and just because he wanted to yeah. live a better life, where he didn't have to deal with the the stress of his boss, and and just to kind of let you understand, his boss was terrible because like uh, when I was a newborn, right, I I basically got the flu, and mm-hmm. my dad said to his boss, he's like, I need to stay home from work and help my wife take care of the kid. He has the flu right now, and and his boss said no. That's your wife's job. If she's home, then she can take care of it. You need to come to work, or I'm going to write you up. And my dad said, No, my child is sick. I'm going to take care of him. And my dad never skips a day of work unless he has to. Like within the amount of times that he's been working as a mechanic right now for the elevator trade, he's only maybe missed like, and it's been like about six years or something like that. He's only missed about a week of work in total. He doesn't do it unless he has wow. to. Okay? And, and his boss wrote him up. Yeah, he wrote him up for taking care of his kid who had the flu. You know, stuff like that was pretty scummy. But, um... Well, like How did he not get that many, like,
0: complaints against I don't the,
1: know. I honestly them, don't like... know. But everybody pretty much hated him there. And at one point, I mean, I think he retired happily, which is the worst part. That scumbag like that was able to walk away freely. <laughs> But anyways, um, wow. after he left that job, he ended up working and basically just trying to do what he could, whatever. Being on unemployment when he had to, but mostly he found work at uh, the heat and air company that my neighbor was working at, and um, you know making <laughs> making pennies, like said, and and we were we were struggling for so long. But my mom my mom has been working at this office called Kone for a very long time, which is basically tied to, to the elevator trade, right? Which is actually pretty decent. Huh. It it makes a lot of money, especially as a mechanic, if you're doing that. But my mom knew a few people and she knew that they were needing to hire some, some guys. And she basically got my dad uh, to start working there as an apprentice. And f- for a few years, You know, he had been going to school and just recently he passed his mechanics exam. So for that amount of time, you know, before he got into that, which was around high school, really, he, uh, we were, we were (laughs) struggling, dude. We, we struggled for that, that amount of time. So throughout almost all of middle school for me, really. And, you know, some of my elementary years, we, we didn't really have much to our names, but I never felt that at all wow. the only the only part where I really really started to feel a change in income is when I got to high school and we we were we were like being able to eat out at restaurants every other week or something like that or I was able to have an oh, allowance again because yeah. I remember at one point I think we moved our uncle in and I said, I know that we're tight on money so I'll forfeit my allowance from this point on. And my parents, my parents, they actually they appreciated it a lot, you know. I mean, I was only getting like five dollars well, a week, wow. but you know, when you're making nothing, that five dollars was kind of important. A lot of kids will just be self say No, I still want right.
0: my five dollars. Like that's ridiculous. That's why I'm glad that we we were raised like not spoiled. Like yeah, we had the the we finer an appreciation things, but like, we were never like, we I want it's this, not,
1: okay? Yeah
0: yeah exactly we we didn't take our stuff for granted
1: to this day and that's kind of one of the things i feel i feel like in a way i'm too scared to throw away the things that i ever get just because i appreciate the value that they have even if it's not like you know financial value that they have it's sentimental whatever effort anything behind it that just happened yeah. happened to be the reason that it came into my possession you know like my mom has given me some pretty stupid gifts across the years right like just straight up and i'm not i'm not saying that to be mean or anything but like for example she has bought me like you know a stuffed animal one time and she's like it's for you to like snuggle with when you're sleeping and i'm like yeah i'm not going to do that but thank you you know <laughs> stuff like that it's like at least it's something it's- you know i can never get rid of it because even though I'm not yeah. gonna like use it or you know appreciate it to its full value, I still will appreciate it
0: okay um so now I wanna see like what is your favorite like memory like just of your entire childhood?
1: There was this one time where I was playing baseball, okay I used to be in a baseball team back in elementary and in a little bit of middle school, right. Over the years, you know there is this kind of shift where when when you're in elementary, you know, kids aren't like super competitive. They'll still try and win, but it's not like people would go out and like train actively or anything like that. But once they start getting tied around middle school, fathers would be making their kids go out and like, you know, practice all day for a game or something like that you know for hours on end literally kid middle school kids were like getting abs and stuff like that and like trying to work out as much as possible so that they could win these freaking (laughs) stupid tournament games or something like that right And i I had no care for that i just wanted to play for fun and uh one of the things that i remember and it's probably one of my favorite memories just because it was so important to my childhood right was i um I had a really bad baseball game. I was basically a pitcher, third baseman, and sometimes a first base guy, right? Whenever they needed me to, I would do any of oh, those wow. things. And um and what happened is there was a night where I was just I wasn't I wasn't with it at all. I mean, I basically played like I was like a kid who had a pole up his ass, you know. I didn't I didn't play with enthusiasm even though I really tried my hardest to to do as well as possible. I I didn't do well. But but our team still won. It just didn't feel like I contributed anything to it. I felt like I was the anchor that was weighing them down. You know, I was the weakest link in the chain. And I expressed that to my father. I said one of the things one of the things I told him was I know right now that I'm not really the best I think it's just kind of one of those things that I have to appreciate because it's like my mom would always be, "No, it's okay. It's it's the coach's fault for not like putting you on like this position right now or like wanting you to bat first or anything like that." Because you know, it was kind of this point where kids were going before I would or they would get the more important positions out in the field sometimes and I would get shifted out into like outfield. And if you got put in outfield sometimes mm-hmm. it's not that it's saying that you're bad, but typically it's like, you know, If the ball goes to outfield, which is rare, you know, then you have your kids who aren't seeing the most amount of action going there or the ones that you want to see not having the most amount of action you put there. And, you know, there were a few times where I ended up at that point. One of the things, like I said, was telling my dad that I know that it's my fault for getting where I was at and knowing that. Knowing that I basically earned where I was at and that it wasn't coach's fault. It wasn't parents fault or anything like that, because sometimes the parents would kind of like get mad at each other because they'd be like, you're playing favorites or whatever. You're making blah, 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 blah or whatever. But it's like team composition. You want to win. Right. It's not about giving everybody a fair chance. You're trying to win. Right. You're doing what's best for the team. It was kind of coming to terms with I was the weakest link and my father was extremely proud of me you know, having that self actualization and realizing what was going on. He was he was extremely proud of just being able to identify what was up instead of blaming others for, you know, my own fault. And I know that it's kind of sad and it sounds a little like, oh, well, you sucked. You know, what's the big deal? It's more about being able to own up to the fact that I did bad. Rather than just making it seem like it was everybody else's problem,
0: not mine and I, I think that's a lesson that everybody should learn eventually in their life
1: no matter like, no matter who you are, there's always going to be somebody who will eventually surpass you or <laughs> whatever right and you being able to realize that is probably one of the most important lessons yeah. that you can ever learn, and thankfully, I was taught I was yeah. taught in my own way that's how it was it really kind of cemented a lot of values that i hold to this day you know i'm okay with being i'm okay with being who i am i should strive to be the best who i am but always remember that where i am today is because of who i make myself out to be just like when i was playing baseball back then i i I wasn't i wasn't the worst in the team you know for no reason it was because i got there myself and if i wanted to be better than i could do I could do better. I can work hard to get there. It's it's a life lesson that had a lot of meanings behind it. Yeah. But, yeah. That's that's probably one of my most important childhood memories in creating who I was today.
0: Um well, I have two just because I mean they're they're they both hold like an importance of I this is how I want my kid to look at me. So the first one would be almost every single Saturday morning, me and my dad would go to a little uh-huh. like thrift shop called Blue Suede Shoes, and we would we would just just basically just thrift shop, and I would always be looking out for Goosebumps oh books because I, I used to loved love them the, too. Uh, again on the weekends, like every other weekend, my my brothers would come down because, long story short, my brothers right. are literally. <laughs> brothers from another mother like i never i never saw them as like that i've always known them just as my brothers and i still like hold them to that like i still see them as just a brother but um they would always come down every weekend and we would play video games and we were complete wrestling freaks we would love wwe like we we had a trampoline my dad bought us a trampoline for one one christmas i don't remember which one because i was just too young But we made a wrestling ring out of it. Like one weekend, me and my brothers and my dad just went to uh, Home Depot, got uh, like a (laughs) fifty-foot garden hose, four poles of lumber, and dug dug holes, the the trampoline, put like the posts, and then wrapped the garden hose around it, and made our own wrestling ring. We had so much fun. If I could go back into – like a, a, like I say so much about middle school and how much I loved it and how, how, how many connections I made with people. But if I could go back in one point in time in my life and just relive it, it would be either that day and just that accomplishment of like, wow, we actually made this. Or just any of those days that we just had one hell of a time just wrestling on that ring because we were small enough to do that. Nowadays we can't like I probably still could cuz I'm just so skinny and so small but my brothers they're they're big and hefty like my dad so like they they probably couldn't but the those two like I want to share those memories with my kid I want to have those connections like it's the little things that mean the most in life and those two memories specifically just stand out to me, and I I always just replay those in my head if I just want to, you know, have a good thought or have a good day. Like, yeah, that's what I want to. Right. That's how I want to treat my son or well, daughter. Well, I mean,
1: that goes back to the when, things that we were talking about at the beginning: is being able to create those memories with with your children. Anything like that. Being able being able to give them yeah. the ability to have something like that. Yeah, cuz
0: it, it wasn't just our dad who made the entire right. wrestling ring. Like, it was all of us. We all chipped in. So like uh, it was a real uh true feeling of accomplishment and that. like That's wow, really we awesome. actually did this.
1: <laughs> I really like that.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's those parts of my childhood that I miss and always reflect on. And then it just, like I said, gets into a blur. Um, so I guess I want to I wanna talk more about that. Um, well, I, d- I did already, and the feeling of, of right. what was happening and not really knowing what was happening. I don't know the exact reason, but it was definitely drugs and alcohol mixed. And right. my dad has put, always had you like a You put two temper. and two
1: together, and it counts.
0: But when he gets hyped up about something or really into something like he goes all out what his favorite phrase is uh the best defense is a good offense like he loves he loves showing initiative uh showing initiative eh? doing things for himself like (laughs) yeah showing initiative that's literally that like i'm Mm -hmm. not like that because i'm more to myself and shy but like there have been points where i'm like okay i need to get this done now i'm going all out or it's gonna be nothing like so that sadly goes into his temper and when he gets mad he gets furious and so he just needs time to calm down and there was one point where I was just sitting playing video games and I could hear them arguing in the bedroom and screaming and all that and
1: That my mom would be the one who would always do anything to my dad if she was to express any sort of anger. I remember her thing was throwing stuff, and there were countless TV remotes that were broken back then when they would get into an argument. I've not seen them argue in many, many years, but when I was younger, I remember it happened frequently. Well, maybe not frequently. But it was definitely more than it's yeah. been in the past, you know, ten years. Because I don't even recall ten, like within the last ten years, that they've argued. I remember a few times where remotes were flying, yeah, batteries um, were popping out, plastic would be on the floor sometimes from whatever she would be throwing. Yeah, those one, those memories are the things that I just try to suppress yeah. because it's it's the it's the harsh reality that you have to you have to cope with. That not everything is as perfect as you, yeah may remember it to be it it's rough
0: one of my favorite qu- uh, quotes by a country artist by the name of garth brooks uh, i recently watched his like two-part docuseries on netflix called the road i'm on and he's just one of the most humble people you'll ever see um but he said sometimes it's literally my you know this might sound cheesy it's in my instagram bio but sometimes your driving forces aren't your greatest memories and that, that, is that pretty, I live by that. Pretty like, good. Because he had a he he had, you know, some moments in childhood that weren't very good, but that's why he became a country artist was like, you know, to show his parents and his dad and his mom that he could he could do it, he could make it. And so I live by that quote to this day. Um and it's it has definitely affected some of my decisions right now. Like, for example, college, like I have something to prove. I don't want to just drop out and have nothing to my name. I at least want something and to say, hey, I did this as an experience and as a lesson to right. myself. If, if there was a quote you, you live by. Oh, hell.
1: Uh, I actually don't think that I know one right <laughs> off the bat. I don't really live by quotes. I just kind of live by a set of principles and what I believe to be right and wrong. But in a way, I know. I know it sounds like i have taken the easy way out. I kind of, I kind of relate to what you just told me. And at least if you dig deep can, and you think of at that, at least
0: then you can. yeah, yeah. Like unless you've had like or you, the luckiest person and had the best life, human. which I, I don't <laughs> see that being possible.
1: Humans, are yeah,
0: you're <laughs> not real. I'm sorry. Like everybody has sort of trauma, some sort of thing that just pokes at at you you know uh but that's a that's not always a bad thing again referencing the quote you like you have to have those right. downs
1: in order to really to live
0: have those ups because if you are not going to survive in the real world if you just take everything for granted and don't accept loss like it's going to happen mm. it's inevitable
1: yeah I feel like we should have a part 2 to this because there is a lot more to talk about. I'm just thinking about the time span that we have to cover right now. I mean, it's definitely been fun.
0: We'll we'll probably finish this up. Uh yeah, this this was fun. This was fun. I, I really enjoyed this and there will definitely be a part 2 because again, like you said, there is so much more to talk about. We just can't right. think of it now. or
1: uh, an hour is not enough for me to write about or definitely. talk about everything. Much like how if you were to if you were to write something, it, you probably couldn't do yeah. it in a couple of pages. You'd need at least like a chapter or two to really kinda talk about at least your 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 memorable years to however the hell how old you are now. It's kinda good to be able to talk to you about this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Opinionated Podcast. If you also want to join in on the show or maybe recommend some topics just DM me at official opinionated on Instagram. That's official opinionated on Instagram. I have not made a Twitter just yet. I probably will, and I might make a business email, but all in due time, I suppose. But yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later.